We Saved You a Seat is sponsored by the Oklahoma Family Network. Oklahoma Family Network focuses on supporting families of children and youth with special health care needs and disabilities, as well as families who have children with a mental health or behavioral health diagnosis. Oklahoma Family Network provides families with emotional support, resource navigation, parent-to-parent engagement opportunities, and wants to ensure quality health care for all children and families by building strong and effective family professional partnerships. I think nursing is a huge hot topic for families uh, who have children at home with special health care needs or medically complex. And so I think nursing is always a great discussion to have with families. And so why don't you walk us through kind of the process it is or was for you to acquire nursing and then where you are now, you've mentioned Hannah several times in your podcast that we've recorded up to this point. So I think that, it, you know, kind of how she entered your world and your interview process and how that worked. And I think some of that is great information. And um, let's talk about nursing. Perfect. So we started nursing when Evan, we got introduced to nursing when Evan was 10 months old. We ended up coming home from vacation. We were out for like 14 days. We did a trip to see my mom's family in New Jersey and then flew to Denver or flew to Colorado for a wedding and just spend some time out there. And when we came back on the, on the airplane home, um, Evan, I had him strapped to me while we were getting off the plane and he did this weird, like cry, but he let all the air out of him. It was like the weirdest cry I've ever heard. And he wouldn't breathe in. So like the guy in front of me, Sam got got out ahead of me so he could get all of our stroller and all that stuff already put together. And the guy in front of me was kind of like, made a comment about Evan being loud. And I was like, can you please move? And he like made another comment. And I was like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's doing well. Will you please move? Like, I think he's having a seizure. And the guy was like, oh, and then that, like, we hadn't seen seizures that were, we were still in that like phase where he would throw up and poop at the same time and be like, hmm, is that a seizure? But he would never would drop oxygen. So um, we got off the plane, ended up, like having to put oxygen on him. And it was like so scary because I couldn't get him off of me. Anyway, so two weeks later, so we get home and he has a fever, but nothing else. So it was only a fever. And now that I know like your kid only has a fever, they're usually like, okay, well, there's no other symptoms. Like you have to wait for a cough. (laughs) You have to wait for diarrhea. You have to wait for them not to eat. You need to have two symptoms usually before it's like an actual illness. So we were going to the doctor like every day for 102 plus fever and ended up in the hospital and we had croup. He went from just a fever to a small cough to that nasty croup and, and not being able to breathe. So we were lucky we were there, went to the uh, ICU. And while we were there, my mom came up from Houston. My cousin ended up having twins early in Dallas. And my grandfather passed away all on this hospital stay. So when my grandfather passed, my mom left to be with my dad and stopped in Dallas. And while all that's happening, so like my grandfather had just passed, Evan's in the hospital. We talked about intubating during that stay because he was so bad. And the intensivist sat me down and talked about putting Evan to the children's center. And I just was like, no. And he was like, you're spending so much time. And this is kind of what we talked about last time or one other time was like, we spend so much time with Evan, like we're not living our lives. And he was like, it's just going to get harder. And I just kept thinking he's only 10 months. 
Mm-hmm. I'm spending just as much time with him as I would a normal, typical 10-month-old. Like, no, I'm not doing that. So he goes, how about nursing? And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, a nurse comes into your house. <laughs> we'll, we'll help you. And I was like, whatever. So we, I was kind of like over it. So we got up with, a, with an agency and they didn't have, they came out to our house, but they didn't have any nurses for us. So I started getting online on Facebook and um, that's how Evan's Army started was we had started a Facebook when Evan got diagnosed and everyone was following our journey. And I just said, hey, we're looking for a nurse. Anybody have anybody that might want to come hang out with us? So um, a girlfriend of mine from my sorority had a friend whose child had some needs that needed nursing and Hannah was their nurse. And um, at that point, their child had not needed the needs anymore of a nurse. Like they had gotten all their extra stuff out. like the G-tube was taken out or the trach. So they didn't need nursing anymore like they did. So it was like that perfect God moment where she was transitioning out of that home and needed a new home. And we moved from one agency, the agency we were with, to the one that Hannah was with because Hannah really wanted to stay with them. And it was easier for her. So we just said, you know what? We have no ties. We'll just switch. In my head, I was thinking before Hannah, before we got anybody was, I didn't want a nurse, that I could do this by myself. I think a lot of moms have this guilt of asking for help or like letting people in, especially into their home. Um, depending on what it looks like, um, letting them see the mess, not knowing how much help you really need. Like I was taking showers. This is going to sound really gross, but I was taking a shower Sunday and Wednesday. Like those were my days I knew I could do that and not feel guilty for not holding Evan. Not like I just needed an hour. And like Sam knew like Wednesday when I hand him Evan, it was like no discussion. Like he knew I'd be gone for an hour just to like get in the shower and do anything that I needed to do. And when Hannah came, I was thinking like, okay, we'll just try this. So we couldn't get nursing right up. Like nurse, the nursing um, agency, like for whatever reason was taking a while. So we, I hired her just to babysit so I could meet her by myself. So I didn't even do that through the agency. So we met with her, she came over, we talked and made her hold Evan. Um, but she like kind of came in and she just swooped them up. Like how she picked them up was like, I don't know. I wasn't even picking them up like that. And she looked more comfortable than I did. She just swooped them up. She was like, if you need to go somewhere, you can. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I might just go lay down. So like I lay down for two hours and I just slept. And it was like, I didn't realize how tired I was till she showed up. And the fact that she like her body language towards Evan, everything. She wasn't scared. Like I knew she wasn't nervous about it. It wasn't this like, I mean, even relatives have a hard time holding Evan. Like they, they're they afraid of breaking him. And she wasn't, she just picked him up. <laughs> like I hired her a couple more times before um, our agency took her or before we got moved completely over to that agency. She started like right before Christmas and it was definitely a blessing all of it was a blessing she's been four and a half years with us and at first I told her I remember and it's really hard letting people in and especially a mom who's been doing it all you have a certain way when you have a medically a medical um fragile child like you want to do things 
a certain way, you kind of get OCD about it. It's not on purpose. It's just, it's the one thing you can control. So you do, <laughs> you do it your way. And I remember standing over her and being like, I know you know what to do. I know that you went to school. I am not like, if I'm hovering you, it's not because you're not doing a good job. It's like, I am mom and I need some control still. And like, it's really hard for me to let you come in. And she was like, I completely understand. She's like, you just let me know what you need. And I was like, I want you to do everything until I step in. So I just kind of let her do her. And I told her what worked for us. And like, I, if you have anything better, like, please let me know. But like, this is how we've been doing it. And we kind of just, her and I just became really good friends. I think because I was up front with her at first and not, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to hold anything against her. It was not, nothing about her that it was me giving up that, that control was hard. And like I said, I think it's, it's hard for a lot of moms. It's like when you're, you have a babysitter and it's like they've babysat before, but you're telling them again, all the things that they already know of like where the numbers are and like what, what's for dinner and like where the pajamas are, where the diapers are. They're like, we already just, just leave. I remember babysitting being like, I babysit your kids all the time. Like, I promise you they'll be fine. And if I don't know, I'll call you. Um, but I just feel that with Evan, with being on borrowed time and knowing that there was an end, I didn't want to miss out on one second of it. And Hannah made me understand, or having Hannah made me understand, like, it's okay for me to step away. And it's okay for me not to touch him. And it's okay for me to do things for me. And like I said, that took a lot of, it, it was hard. Plus, it's really hard because a lot of agencies don't find you a nurse. So, like, we've gone, so Hannah's been my only nurse, which I found, even though she was with that agency, I found her. I found her through friends. I asked her, invited her into my home. Um, all the nurses that we've kept for years, like a year and plus, of the two other nurses that I have that I rely on, they um, came because they had their kiddo in the hospital and needed the money and came to our house at one time. And we quit. So I'm always like, if you need another house or like if you're not happy where you are or... If something happens to your kiddo, like, let me know. Like, we'll take you on full time if you want it. The other two nurses that we've had, they were just, like, one-timers that ended up coming back and coming on full time with us. So not to take any way from, anything away from the agencies, but I just feel like it's really hard to get nursing. And then it's really hard to get a good nurse. Like, we've had, we've had handfuls of awful nurses. I'm talking like I wouldn't leave the house if you paid me. Hmm. And like, and it's, I always like benefit of the doubt. I always give everyone benefit of the doubt. It's like, we'll just, let's give it another week and let's see if it gets any better. Maybe that they're just trying to get the hang of things. Like I'm very patient. I'm very kind. Um, I'm not very rude unless something bad happens and it's a neglect thing. Where it's like, I think you need to live. It's like, I'm, I can't, we can't, this isn't working. We've had one nurse, it was just hard. Like she, I didn't feel comfortable being in the home. Um, so I never was, I, she just made me feel uncomfortable. But like I knew Evan was being taken care of, 
But like I said, go grocery shopping. I would do everything in the day that she was here. But it was like, I don't like being, that's not, that's not okay. It's not okay of having someone in your home to take care of your child, but you can't stand to be around them. And I'm very outgoing. I'm very nice. Like I make friends pretty easily. Like it takes a lot for you to rub me the wrong way. And I just, we've had a couple of those where it's like, I'm like, and I'll tell them, like, I know you know what you're doing. I'll say the same thing. I know you know what you're doing, but can we try it this way first? And if you can have a better way, just like, let me know. And it's really to help them too, because Evan's so different than most kids that it's like, let me, it's like if somebody gave me a cheat sheet of how to do life, like, bring it on. Like, so I don't have to make all these mistakes trying to figure out how to get to point A to point B. And I'm going C, D, and then B, like, I rather have that. And I remember one nurse was like, I can do this by myself. And I was like, nope, nope. Like, mm -mm. like the fact that you're coming in telling me, no, like that, those like, it's like the, sometimes it's hard to explain. It's like the spiders that are just like crawling up you. Like your skin just crawls. It's like, ah. Uh. And I, one day we had a nurse and um, one time, I then ended up throwing up a lot more than normal. And I kept saying, maybe, like, I was making up excuses. Like, maybe she just doesn't know how to suction right. Maybe this is, the, and I was already having issues being at home with her. And, like, Sam sat me down that night and was like, I think we need to let her go. She was with us maybe a month. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, let's just give her, like, another try. I am so for, I'm, I wanted a nurse in the house that I was about to do anything just to have somebody there. And it was that's not okay. Cause we needed a week at nurse. So I was like, just give me someone. And then like, it got to the point where, um, Sam, Sam and I went to like a tailgating party at a friend's house, came home and Evan didn't look good. So she was arguing with me about, so everything's in a, it used to be in a binder and everything in the binder is kind of where, how the, the nurses go off of. So if the doctor says, something it's going to be in a note in there and they have to follow those rules but mom and dad trump doctor like if i say he's not feeling well we need to do pedialyte then you trump doctor and you do pedialyte like you don't do formula and that's kind of where we were at with evan was i didn't i want to i wanted him to feed him lower rate and a higher volume so he would just feed constant and she took it the binder and said that day was like, I came home and I was like, oh my goodness, half his bag's gone. Like what happened? She was like, oh, I mean, I looked at the doctor notes and he said this, and then you were saying this. Well, like none of this made sense. So I did it this way. I'm like, so you didn't listen to me and you didn't listen to the doctor, but you did it your own way. And then she was like, well, it needs to be written. It was like this argument we were having. I mean, this is like, a month of just push back and forth of like not getting not her not understanding her pushing on me me going stop like I mean I'm not gonna push back anymore and I just snapping and being like I need you to like just stop and Evan ended up throwing up on Sam and Sam was like can somebody help me because he's like projectile vomiting so I'm like going over to section him well she comes over with a binder and she's like I need to have it in the binder for next time I come like, if it's not in the binder, I can't do it. And I was like, I'm dealing with Evan right now. Like, can you just hold on? And she was like, well, I could lose my license. She went through this whole thing. 
And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just remember turning around going, Evan's been throwing up a lot more <laughs> since like, since you started. And she's like, so are you joining me? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> and I shouldn't have said any of that, but I was like, so she left and Sam was like, well, that went well. I was like, I was like, I don't know what else to do. So the next day I got a phone call at 7.30 in the morning from the agency saying that this nurse will not be coming in today. And I was like, oh, so she was supposed to, she was supposed to be there at eight and it's 7.30. So she's like, she's not going to come in today. And I'm like, okay. And I, she goes, and I said, well, is she ever going to come back? She said, no. And, she, and I said, can I ask what she had said? And she like told me, which was kind of true, but like totally, I was being so, and I really was, I was holding my tongue except that one moment <laughs> at the very end where I was like, I'm done. And I was like, huh. And she was, I can call her and have her see if she'll come back. And I said, oh, no, 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 we don't want her. Actually, I was going to fire her today. So like, all works out. It, those times shouldn't happen in the home. She was not a good nurse. She, and I was trying to justify her being with my son. And like, as a mom of a special needs child, you get a little bit overprotective of what's going on in your home. One, because you're giving up control. And like you do, you need to be a little bit flexible. And that's what Sam and I talked about. Like being flexible with it, you have to be. To let somebody else in your home, that's like, you have to be vulnerable to let somebody do that. But you can't be too vulnerable because you're desperate. Because then you're putting your child at risk and then you're putting yourself at risk. And like, not that I thought she was going to hurt Evan on purpose, but the things that she was doing could potentially hurt Evan in the long run. Yeah, that makes any sense. And like, absolutely. But I had to give her time. I had told myself I'd give her at least a month because she's not in my house every day. But to to get a month, because by the third week of being there, she should already have her routine now. She should already know what's kind of going on, like where I'm coming from. And I just feel like we fought the entire time, and that's not healthy. I I need a nurse for my mental like my mental being, like I need, I need help. I don't need somebody adding to that stress. We had another nurse that just like unloaded her problems. She'd come over and I was a sounding board for her. And I was like, and I am that person for a lot of people. But for me going through this with Evan, like, like I, I don't know, like I, that's too much for me coming from if I need it. And plus when you're at my house, like this is my time to do stuff. This is my time to like, you know, get out and do things. And I feel like we were getting hot in conversations that were too heavy for me at that time, which I'm trying to be there for people, but like. Yeah, absolutely. She was supposed to be your support at that point, yeah. you know? So. And like, so for Hannah, and I hope Hannah, when she hears this, she thinks the same thing. Like Hannah and I became like really, really good friends pretty quickly. I mean, we've gone through so much stuff of like, <laughs> Like we talked about this the other day. So we lived in a house in Edmond. We were moving probably like six months after she started, not even um, closer to the, like closer into the city. Cause we felt like Edmond's a little further than where we wanted to be from the hospitals. So um, <laughs> we were moving and this day was like the worst day. It happens in thirties, right? So we're closing on our house 
and I get stung by a wasp, first time ever being stung. It was in my thigh. I walk inside and I'm like, I am so sorry, Hannah. I have to pull my pants down because the, the stinger was still in me and I could feel it. And she just starts laughing. Well, then later on that day, the water turns off because we're supposed to close on the house. We have no water. And then um, Evan starts swelling on his lower half of his body. He did, his arms were swelling, his legs were swelling. He didn't look very good. So they're about to do a walkthrough. I still had to, I was still packing my kitchen and my bathrooms up. Those were the only things I had left. My realtor was coming over and I was like, I need to bring Evan to the ER. And she, I'm like, I still have to finish packing my, we were closing the next day at 10 o'clock. Like, there was no way that I could get it done. So she, my realtor hired movers for us just like for that last bit. She was, a, my realtor was amazing. You never need a realtor, let me know. I'll let you know her name. So Hannah like goes to the ER with us and like does all these, like she's been to every, pretty much almost every doctor's appointment with us since Evan was 15 months old. Um, she has been on trips with us. We went to New Jersey. She went with us. She's flown every single time we've flown with Evan, except once the first time when we went to NIH, we didn't have a nurse. And then our trip to the trip before we got fruit, she didn't come with us because we didn't have a nurse. So after 15 months, like she became second mom to, to Evan. Like she's she works anywhere from 36 to 40 hours a week. When we had Ryan, she worked, she worked overtime because we didn't have another nurse. And Brian was in the NICU, so like we didn't have anybody and work, let her work overtime, which is like unheard of. Um, but we really, they didn't, we couldn't get anybody. And we had no idea that Ryan was going to end up in the NICU. She's been absolutely amazing throughout everything. So I want to ask just a couple of questions on that kind of that follow-up. You said she works anywhere between how many hours? You said 36 to 40 hours. Yeah, so she'll work three twelves. And then sometimes she'll pick up four hours on a different day. Okay. Okay. Um, but three twelves is a normal 36 for um, nurses that work in hospitals. They'll do three, three day shifts of 12 hours. Yep. Okay. So she does, um, she used to do Monday through Friday, eight hours. Um, and where we are, we get 12 hours a day, seven days a week. So then when we got a weekend nurse, she went down to 10 hours four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And then I had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday nurse. And then um, she switched maybe like two years ago to doing four hours on Monday. So then I had the second half with just Evan, that second half, but the second part of my day without Sam. So now she does Monday, well, she does four hours one day and then she'll do either Monday to like, before it was half a day on Monday because I went to Bible study. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, she did 12 hours. And then now she's working Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, 12 hours, and then four hours on Wednesday. And my old nurse, who I begged to come back, um, has a def different job. And when she's not working for Wednesdays or her days off, she fills in for the, uh, the rest of the time on that Wednesday. So she'll come at 11 when Hannah leaves and we'll stay till about seven. Wow. Okay. So just to be clear, you said that you actually qualify for 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Correct. And how many hours would you say, I mean, so weekend nurses and stuff like that, you don't have currently from mm -hmm. what I understand. 
Um, so at one point, so Hannah was my only forever was my only 40 hours a week. And you and found her again. And, I found her. Found mm-hmm. her. and then um, Nicole came, no, Erin came one Saturday and I sucked her into staying. Like she came and started picking up more time with us. So she'd only work Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then we got Nicole, which that was a different scenario. We actually had her sister. We were really close with Nicole. We're close with all of our nurses. Nicole's sister lived with us for from February to December. Um, and because she was living with us, Nicole worked for us. So it'd be more stable, stable for her sister and for us. But even after her sister like left our house and she still worked for us for another year. And then COVID hit so that they, we, they went and got their RN. And then she, she went to labor and delivery, which is exactly where she needs to be. But she'll come over even on her days off there just to come hang out. So it's like, our house is friendly. My nurses love being here. It's just finding those nurses that fit our home. How did you... What agency or what program qualifies you for those hours in order for you to work through the the, um, the agency to get the nurses? So how we did it, we ended up being in the hospital and the intensivist wrote a letter um, to the state asking for the hours. So there's certain ways you can do it. So Evan, we see doctors at the Children's Center, they're outpatient, and they are very good and very, they know um OU Medical, or OU Children's Hospitals, very good. Um, if you know of any specialists there, or even Integris, um, that's where we got our referral from was the ICU in Integris. And you just need to have a doctor say, this is what the child has. This is the prognosis. This is the needs of the child. Like, what do they qualify for, basically? So um, really, it starts with your doctors and having them write letters of necessity, um, kids that are on TEFRA. And I mean, TEFRA is a big one. A lot of people don't know about TEFRA, which is a sin. I mean, we talked about, before we knew about TEFRA, we talked about getting a divorce just to, so I would be on state income, which is awful to even think about. Like, why would I have to divorce my husband? Which now we know there's a program out there. I mean, people get, I mean, people do. Like I, I know of special needs parents who don't get married because the wife can take, or the husband can take state insurance and not work so that their child can be on it. That's not how the system's made. I mean, you can do it that way, but it's for like, we, there's, a, there's a program that will definitely help you. I mean, there's a social security disability, but if you get social security disability, you can't get TEFRA. So, cause you're already probably on some type of sooner care for the state of Oklahoma. So um, TEFRA is based on the child's income and not the parents. So Evan, for instance, his prognosis was three. He's now five and a half. So each time that he gets older, that percentage of him staying around is going to be shorter, like smaller. And his needs are he's non-mobile, non-verbal. He can't change his own diaper. He can't lift his own legs. He can't roll over to his side without your help. He can't move his head without your help. So those things qualified him of just well-being. He can't, he can't talk to you. He can't tell you what hurts. Um, he can't feed through a bottle or a feeding. Like he has to be a feed fed to. 
one, just because of all the muscle tones that he has, but also two, it's not safe. Um, he can aspirate. He needs suctioning because he can't swallow secretions. So just, so about nursing too. So I remember being told we should have nursing from this intensivist. Going to, there's a, um, a support group here that I absolutely love, it's called Hope Link. And it's just special needs mamas that get together and we just talk. It's eventing, like it's a therapy section. It's everything. Like you can say something and somebody else has already walked that walk. So whether it's your child passed or you just got a diagnosis, like all these moms know exactly how you're feeling because they've all have been through some part of this journey. And I remember them talking about nursing and how they only qualify. Like I saw their child and they're like, well, my child only qualified for eight hours a week, five days, or eight hours, five days a week. And I was like, okay, like, okay, I'm only, when we got that, when we got, I was looking for eight hours for the whole entire week. Like, I would have been fine with somebody coming over and sitting down with Evan so I could take a shower, so I could go to the bathroom and not have to worry, so I could, like, go to Starbucks, so I could go to lunch, just one time. Like, I was looking for eight hours for the whole week. So when we got 12 hours, seven days a week, I felt guilty. You know, these other moms need these hours and we get them. And then I remember a mom telling me saying, don't feel guilty. You get those hours because you, he needs those hours and somebody else sees that he needs those hours. So um, when we were, then we got qualified for those. Doesn't mean that they're gonna be filled, which I didn't know either. So they're saying you can get 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But the likelihood of that actually happening is slim to none. So I found nurses that were, I found the nurses that were willing to work and wanted to work. Like I made sure that if they wanted a weekend, they got a weekend. Like I, I matched those together to see if we get, and we've never been completely, like our hours have never been consistently filled like that, but they've been, I would say a majority. I'd say out of all the, maybe a day, we didn't have it. So that's huge. And we had that for what, almost two years. And then Nicole left to go to the hospital, which like I said, is exactly where she needs to be. So we've been looking since November. So it's still lot. It's almost August now. So in three months, it'll be a full year since we've been asking for a weekend nurse. And I do have a nurse that fills in but like she said, she's only here until we find a nurse. And I think the agency sees that and they're like, well, she's already covered, so we're not going to look. I mean, that's just kind of, and that's me. I don't know if that's actually how it happens or what's going on, but I know that recruiting nursing right now is hard. It's always low. I mean, but I just. From, I was going to say, from my experience and knowing the families I work with, that seems very typical as far as you qualify for so many hours and then you can't fill those hours. Because um, I remember one of our specialists, she's seen Minkies before and Evan just happened that month, happened to be, happened to have to have uh, three liters of oxygen and our constant, like our cannula, like our canister went out while we were at the or doctor's office. And I had one in the car, but I was like, can I just hook up to your wall? She was like, yeah, that's fine. She's like, how many liters? I said three. She goes, oh my goodness. And I was there for a refer. Like I wanted, I needed her to write a letter of necessity so I can get Tefra. So I could get like do all the things I needed to do to get nursing. And she was like, 
why are you looking for 12 hours a day? You should be asking for 24. And I laughed. And I said, there's no way that the state, and at that point, the state was going through a new cycle where they're having one doctor look at all the cases and he was cutting everybody in half. So I went from like 12 to eight hours. And I we appealed. And I think because everyone appealed, they ended up just giving everybody their hours back. Because it was like, you say that, like, it's not necessity, but like it is. Like a nurse here, I can't just have a babysitter. Like that's too much on somebody. Like my mom is amazing. And like, I know for a fact that if I just said, hey, mom, can you come up this weekend and watch the kids? My mom would be like, well, the nurse going to be there? Because <laughs> like, not that she doesn't know how to do it, but it's, it's her grandchild. What happens if something happened while her grandchild was like, I, and I, I get it. Like, what, you don't want to be the person that happens to be there when, when the whole world crashes down and, you know, your grandson passes away. And then it's like, what happens if I could have done something better? We all go through that. I even do too. Like, so for a, a normal person who doesn't have a medical background could not come and watch it. Well, so tell me a little bit about when Hannah would go on the trips with you guys. Is that something that um, the agency helps cover the cost of, or is that out of your pocket? Kind of walk us through a little bit of that. So, but when we would go to New Jersey, like we would pay her whole way. We would take her, pay for her flight. We would get her up there, her stay while she was with us, all of her food, everything that we were doing. Like when we went to San Diego, for instance, we paid for her flight out there, paid for all the things that we did. She was included with us. We, me and Sam paid that out of pocket um, because we wanted that experience with Evan. Like, but the answer is no. I mean, for the most, like they, they don't pay for any of that. We pay for that out of pocket. So like, we paid for her flight. We paid for her food. We paid for everything. Um, and then, so it's like basically hiring a nanny to go with you. If you're going to go to the beach trip, you would pay for everything for her. And at that point, it was it was taking a friend on vacation with us because she's the only person we would take on vacation. Because a lot of times, too, when we were there, it was a lot of just sitting with Evan, even though everybody was around. And, like, we were all tag-teaming Evan, too. But just, I mean, it does stink because, like, if we didn't have, Sam and I didn't have those funds, like we wouldn't be able. And like when we go to places like New Jersey, my grandma helps. Like my grandma helped a lot with, like my grandma and my aunt, like Hannah could go, Evan could go. Because there was no way at that time that Sam and I felt comfortable, two adults and one child who is medically, like there's just so much stuff that you carry. Hannah is our guest when she comes, that helps. So when we were in San Diego, like she got some time to herself, not a lot, just because we were always constantly around each other and she was always around Evan. But like we let her go to the beach by herself for a little bit. Sam went up to the house to sit with Evan so Anna could just be down there um, and just had some time. Nobody helps. <laughs> it's, it's an added expense on top of everything else for the family uh, as far as the burden and financial burden to carry yeah. on that, so. Yeah, but I have to say though, if you have Tefra, like Tefra makes the world of a difference. If you have Sooner Care or Tefra, so Tefra covers everything health-wise for Evan that my primary insurance doesn't cover. So as long as my primary insurance, if I have primary insurance, and as long as it goes through and gets denied or goes through and it has leftover money, 
the state for TEFRA will cover that. So the bills, like all of my, his deductible was met through TEFRA, which has been, I mean, that's sometimes three to $6,000 that's coming out of everyone's pocket per year. Plus all your medical, like your, your medicines and stuff like that. Like one of Evan's meds, I'm just gonna show you how crazy this is. One med that he takes is $1,200 a month. Insurance one year, when we, Tefra, we were like in that, like that window of, we were already approved, but we're waiting to get approved again. So we weren't technically still under Tefra. So I went to the CVS and I was like, well, I don't know if we're going to get Tefra for like another week. And they're like, well, it's thousand dollars. And I was like, Ugh. I said, well, did you run that through insurance? He goes, that's with insurance. Insurance only covered 200. I was like, <laughs> Is there a generic brand for this? Like, no, I can't do that. And then also too, so that same medication. So we ended up getting um, Tefra and they ended up covering the rest of it. But still, I just think that it's ridiculous how much this insurance alone, that's another topic. The whole thing of how the state works and how your primary insurance, if you actually sat down and figured it out and how it worked, it would baffle your mind of how much dollars is thrown into something that does not need it. Like that's so much money that's wasted because people cannot, or companies cannot agree on a smaller number. Uh, so that, that brand that we wanted of the medication, they actually ended up coming out with a generic and they switched Evan. My insurance switched Evan without the pharmacy telling us. And we realized Evan's seizures started acting up again. And so we ended up in the hospital and added another medication to it. And then I was going back and I was like, I wonder if this medication, and I looked and I was like, son of a gun, it's generic. And usually like generic's not a big deal, but when you're talking about the brain, it is a big deal. And like, I ended up talking to my neurologist. She's like, yeah, we've been seeing that a lot. Like I'll call them and tell them that it has to be name brand. Well, then I got a letter from my insurance company or my primary, saying that they will not cover the difference because it's gen they have a generic. So Tefra still ended up picking it up. But I, was, I mean, you get all these letters and you, I mean, if people actually read them, they're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and I don't think, Sam didn't notice at the time, but I was spending hours arguing my primary insurance because my state would always cover it, but I didn't feel that it was the state's job to pay all this much more money when my insurance company already has the the agreement with that company and I even asked him I'm like if I wasn't a, like if I wasn't a teacher before or a stay-at-home mom like where do you see me actually making a difference in the world and Sam was like healthcare and I'm like hell no hell no I ever set my foot in healthcare those people make me so mad because I have the answer they're just they will not come to it it's, it's, it's silly. Back to nursing. I say that if you think that you need extra help, talk to your primary doctor and ask them. They have the resources, especially for peds, to do that. Also, if you are not on Tefra, talk to your primary doctors and get, them on, get yourself on Tefra. They know how to do it. And if not, their social workers should be able to figure it out for you and have everything, you shouldn't have to do all paperwork by yourself. You have too much going on. Let somebody else do it. 
Um, it takes, it used to take like six months to be approved. It takes like two weeks. They are amazing right now. They are the person that stepped in when they redid everything. Is it she, I email her and I know by the end of the day, I will have a phone call from her or an email. She is, you're not a week later. It's like immediate. And if she, if it's a Friday, she will definitely get back to you on Monday. She is amazing. Her, her group is amazing. So um, if you have any questions, even if not, you can just Google Tefra for Oklahoma, get an email address, email them. They will sit you down and do everything or help you with anything you need. So they're making it very easy right now. Like I said, I don't know what actually qualifies. There's certain things that automatically qualify you for Tefra. And then there's other things that you might need just a little bit more information for you to get Tefra. It's an amazing program for whatever reason, it's federal. And for some reason, some states don't have the same child's waivers that we do. We have them, use them. If yeah. you're in a different state, look, look them up, look up Tefra on your, on the websites and see if you guys qualify. Cause it's silly. It's very silly for you to have to pay for all that. Like they ask, like, how do you, how did me and Sam afford certain things? It's like the state. And like, if you, and I don't feel guilty saying that. Evan's a medically fragile person who goes in the hospital. I mean, you, you look at medical bills from just a hospital stay, that's a, that's a house. And that's, that's, that's insurance. That's the, that's the hospital asking insurance for money that they've already negotiated. Do they get all that money? No. But that's, a, I mean, they, they aim high. Hospitals aim high for the uninsured. Because it's covering all the ones that don't have insurance. So, but that's one bill I don't have to pay for. Ryan, for instance, on the other hand, his NICU say, well, we had to pay for that. <laughs> like, we had deductible real fast. <laughs> there are resources out there. If you think that you need something, ask your primary care doctors, ask your specialists for them. Um, um, they have case managers that work in office. If they don't, if their doctor says, oh, we don't know that, ask them who their case manager is. Their case manager, that's what their job is, is to help you get the resources you need to be able to do this. So um, for nursing or for DME stuff, durable medical equipment, mm -hmm. or car seats, I mean, there are programs for diapers if they're over the age of three. Don't beat yourself up if you're not already doing these programs. I'm just saying that there's so much help out there. You don't have to do a GoFundMe page. That's strictly for medical purposes if you have a child that has a diagnosis. Um, you're, you're not getting rich either way with having um, through no. the programs or having Evan. And so, yeah. I mean, like we talk about, like we talk about just time and what our, what family need, our family needs and how we just want more time and how like, how time is very valuable. And I think until you go through something like this, especially being in your thirties, it's work, work, work. Like you have goals. Our goals are to work and be able to take care of our family. And I feel like when you go through something like this, it's like, what, what's got to give to make our family happy and what, like you have to have a good balance between your, between yourself, your self-care, your work life, and your family life. Because if not, something's off balance, everything is off balance. Thank you for listening to this episode of We Saved You a Seat. 
Oklahoma Family Network promotes family-centered care and provides tools so families can make informed decisions, advocate for improved services, build connections among families, and serve as a trusted resource in health care of children and young adults. If you would like to become a supporting family or get in touch with another family, please contact Oklahoma Family Network at oklahomafamilynetwork.org or by calling 405-271-5072.